to the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. We are here with our kids today, and this is going to be a special edition of the Great Big Beautiful Podcast. As always, I'm here with Jamie. Hey, Jamie. How you doing? And my kids are Hannah and Isaac. Do you guys want to say hi? Hi. Hi! Whoa! Isaac's excited, and Jamie, who are you with over there? I'm here with Zoe, and that was her little quiet voice at the top of the show. Can you say hi? Hello. (laughs) And uh, we... I know her name's Zoe. (laughs) And we're we're here today because this is going to be our second episode of our Unplugged series, which is, as you can tell... You guys are being so silly. As you can tell, is a little bit different from our regular podcast. Just a little bit. Just a little. Just a tad. <laughs> Giggle squad. And we're going to talk about... What do you guys... What do we want to talk about today? What did we say? We're going to talk about Netflix. <laughs> yeah, kind of. We're going to talk about um, some of the DreamWorks shows that are on Netflix, right? We've had... Um, we previous shows we talked about Dino Trucks, Dino and trucks. we talked about Dragons, Dragons. right? And I just told Hannah about the Crudes coming up, and she really likes the movie The Crudes. Yeah. So she. Isaac's Dino Trucks all the Dino way. Dino Trucks. Zoe, do you have a favorite show of those that we just talked about? Dino Trucks. Dino Trucks. Dino yeah, it's trucks a big too. it's a big favorite here. Do you like Dino Trucks, Hannah? Dino Trucks. No, not as much. Dino <laughs> So the reason we are all here today to talk about this is not because we're getting paid by uh, DreamWorks or or Netflix. Um, What we're really doing is uh, the second half of this episode, um, we're going to be talking to Brendan Hay, who is the executive producer on the new Crudes show. Um, So we thought that this would be a great opportunity um, because we've talked about Dino Trucks and Dragons in the past, a great opportunity to have our kids on and talk about some of those shows and lead up to uh, the Crudes, which comes out this week. Right. (laughs) <laughs> I'd have nothing to add to that. <laughs> <laughs> and right now, since you guys can't see it, Zoe and Hannah are having a staring contest through the, through the computer screen. <laughs> so let's talk. Uh, Zoe, you said your favorite show was Dino Trucks. Why is it your favorite? I like dinosaurs. You like dinosaurs? That's cool. a pretty good answer. What do, you, what do you like about Dino Trucks? I don't know. I think she likes nothing about it. <laughs> okay, well, we're not going to say that. <laughs> what about you, Isaac? What do you like about Dino Trucks? Everything! The Red Dino Truck. Uh, Ty, isn't that his name? Ty? Ty, is that his name? Yes. Do you the like Ty the Reptools? The Reptools are my favorite. The Reptools are your favorite? Why are they your favorite? They're tiny. They're tiny, and what? They can fix things? Yeah. But they are pretty cool. I like them too. I like Revit, the little the little rep tool. He's pretty cool. You like the dragon show? What do you I like, like about the it? I like Toothless the best. You like Toothless the best? Um, we, I, I am on the Netflix stream team, and they actually sent us a really cool package from the Dino Truck show. No, not Dino Truck. Uh, yeah, you're right. From the dino, from the dragon show. And we had to go on a treasure hunt. Yeah, why don't you hunt. tell? Why don't you tell them about what we did with it? What happened? We had to go on a treasure hunt. And the the they hid stuff all around the yard. I we had to look around I the yard. I found a toothless. That boy. sounds so cool. What did you have to find? Um, we found a dragon's blanket, a toothless mask, and a Viking mask. 
That's so cool. A toothless toy with hiccups. That was mine! That's his toy. Wait, wait, chalk was hers. Chalk without chalk. There was sidewalk chalk. Chalk for them. was for Hannah. Dragon that. sidewalk chalk? Yeah. Did you draw dragons with it? I didn't do anything. I don't with even it. think you used it yet, have you? <laughs> <laughs> We're big fans of sidewalk chalk here. Zoe. We have a we have a long driveway and uh, Zoe basically fills up the she spends an entire afternoon drawing a an entire world. All right, we have a paved <laughs> driveway, but it's super chipped, so it's hard for her to draw on it. Oh, uh, okay. I can't draw on it at all. So let's talk um, crudes. Hannah, you said you liked crudes. Zoe's seen crudes. Um, do what do you do you like the movie? Yes. Yeah. What do you like about it? Do you remember the movie Crudes? What did you like about it? Yeah. Zoe, how about you? I don't remember. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard it's to remember like, that far back. You remember watching it and you remember liking it. So are you excited to see a show with the, with the those characters? Do you think that you're going to like that? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think when you hear about a new show called Crudes? What do you think it's going to be? What is that? What comes to mind? It's going to be more about the Crudes family. Yeah. Do you like when Netflix makes these new cartoons and puts them on? Yeah. We're talking about the DreamWorks shows, but aside from that, Hannah really is into the other uh, Netflix originals as well. Um, she's really excited about Fuller House coming up. Oh, yeah? Because we watched the other one, and she really excited. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> and uh, there was also a show on there called MC Squared. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen that before. We did not. And. Do you want to tell Do you want to tell him about that quick? You don't. No. Okay. <laughs> so do you have? I don't know if we've watched any of the other like originals that are right. kids shows, but we we don't have cable. We cut the cord. So basically, everything that Zoe and Sam watch is on Netflix. But do you, um, Zoe? Do you have like a favorite show that you like to watch on Netflix? No. No, you don't have a favorite show. I like all of them. You like all of them. Well, in that we find Netflix is great. We don't have cable either. Hannah, what? And it's really introducing Hannah to the world of geek stuff too. What do you really like on there that you watch? Young Justice. Oh, Young Justice. Yeah. That's a great show. Zoe has not watched that one yet. She's really into the, all the Marvel superhero stuff and Young Justice yeah. and Justice League. And they don't have Justice League anymore. Oh, uh, they took Justice League off Netflix Canada the other day, and she wasn't very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we um, her Zoe's brother really likes the Marvel shows, so he's been watching yeah. um, Hulk no. Agents. What he no. likes Power Rangers. Better. Oh, he does like Power Rangers, but he also watches like Hulk Agents of Smash, mm -hmm. and he watches. We stopped um, watching that. He stopped watching that. Oh. But you <laughs> like to we 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 watch the Clone Wars. Yeah. And we watch. Uh, it's not Netflix, but you like to watch Avatar. Yeah. And um, Zoe, I think you should tell Hannah how good Clone Wars is so she'll watch it. I don't like Star Wars for the millionth time. And Justin just lost all credibility. <laughs> <laughs> Zoe, do you like Star Wars? Yeah, I'm going to see this new movie today. Are you dressing up when you go? I don't know. She has a Princess Leia costume, so she might wear it, but we yeah, don't know. I saw a little girl about Zoe's age at the one we went to. And she had her hair up and everything. Awesome. Yeah, we did that for uh, Halloween. We put her hair up into buns. Star Wars is pretty awesome, though, right, Zoe? Do you like? We've been watching Rebels and and Clone Wars. Do you like both of those? Yeah. 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 
All right, so that's the kids talking about their favorite Netflix shows. We had a great interview with the executive producer of The Cruise, and he's going to shine some light a little bit on the new upcoming show. And Jamie, do you know what else he's worked on besides The Cruise by any chance? I do. He's um he's right now he's working on Dawn of the Crudes, um and he was the anything. head he was the head writer um for there. Star Wars Detours, oh, which right. was which was the uh, the the Star Wars animated sitcom that um, Seth Green was was heading up that mm-hmm. kind of died an unfortunate death once Disney bought them and they decided to do Rebels instead. Oh. Hopefully in a, hopefully in like twenty years when they're putting those, you know, they put those animated shorts on Netflix, they'll be yeah. like, "Hey, let's put out this stuff." Let's just put it up. I think so, right now they're very concerned with canon and yeah. things not conflicting with one another. So, mm-hmm. I think eventually maybe they might do something with all the Legends material and just sort of kind of put it out there right. under a, under a different brand. Yeah, I mean, still Star Wars, obviously, but maybe just call exactly. it all Star Wars Legends something, and they could just release it that way because. Right. Well, I mean, we go into it a little bit in the interview, but there's like 39 episodes that mm-hmm. are done, ready to air. Exactly, yeah. And you got to wonder how much stuff actually was like that when Disney took it over. It's exactly. probably a lot more than we even know about. Yeah. Well, I know there was that show and there was a um, one or two video games that were pretty much near completion that got canned at the, at the last minute. So. Right, right. Um, but yeah, who knows what else? Who knows? Right. All I know, maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode, but uh, a Jedi Academy is being continued. Hannah's happy about that. Yeah, it's very she exciting. Doesn't like Star Wars, but she reads Jedi Academy. Very exciting. Yeah, and it's in good hands too. The uh, the guy who's doing it is 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 a great artist and author, so it's in good hands. Whose hands? Jedi or or Sniff? Uh, it's in a good Jedi's hands. Okay. Not a Sniff. Our, her her brother can't say Sith, so he says Sniff. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> sniff. So as you can see, the unplugged episodes, we go everywhere, we go <laughs> off topic, but that's why we do it. I think it's a lot of fun. And yeah. we're going to, in the new year, we're going to be doing, we're going to be hitting the unplugged episodes pretty hard and we're going to be doing, and we're, we're going to be doing a lot of different things. I, we're going to have guys lined up to talk about, you know, different bloggers, different uh, people in social media that know this geek stuff that we know. We're going to have them on. We're going to have roundtables. And I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. We're going to do Giggle Squad. All right, guys. We're going to play that interview for you. You want to say say bye? You want to say goodbye? Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Isaac says bye from the back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Take care, guys. (laughs) Brendan, thanks so much for taking the time today. Let's talk a little bit about Dawn of the Crudes, uh, which I understand is a prequel to the movie, but what else can you tell us about it? Sure thing. So, um, yeah, it's a prequel uh, because they are making a sequel feature film. So we uh, explore all of life before the feature, basically spinning off of, at the start of the film, um, Eve, the daughter, has the little prologue that she does over cave wall drawings, and there's one sentence she has in there about how the Crudes used to have neighbors. So uh, when I had the chance to pitch on what this project might be for DreamWorks, that was kind of my starting point. Um, That and also when I saw the feature, what I responded to best, what I really liked, was that they managed to walk the line between having a family that had a really relatable dynamic but also were still really distinctly cavemen. Uh, It didn't do 
mean, I love Flintstones, but Flintstones very much does the cheat of trying to make its modern world, but just in caveman times. This was much more of like, oh, it's as if these people were really living in this primitive time, going through these experiences for the first time ever. So off of that, taking that one little bit about Neighbors and what I liked about the feature, my thought for a TV show prequel would be, well, what's the first family sitcom of all time? That if it was taking the tropes that we know from animated family sitcoms like The Simpsons and that kind of thing and translating it into people going through these experiences for the first time in human history. So if it was, you know, something we take for granted as simple as a nap or a sleepover or something like that, and it's like, well, how? what's the caveman view of this one act? So if you can just nap as an example, it might be, to, you know, to push it to a funny extreme was like, okay, in their world, you work during the day. When the sun's out, you sleep at night. The crews happen to be the first people who ever fall asleep during the day. And <laughs> as such, all of their neighbors, you know, well, there's only one explanation for this. The crews are dead. <laughs> so they try to toss the sleeping bodies out of town. The crews have to fight their way back and then convince their neighbors they actually are still alive. Wow. The show has an entirely different aesthetic with different character designs and its 2D animation, which is also different from the movie. Was there a rationale behind these changes, or was it just... Yeah. Uh, no, very much. Uh, on a practical front, it's the show is going to live on Netflix side by side with the movie. So mm-hmm. we want it to be... Uh, an audience knows what they're what they're about to watch. We want it to be... We want to relate to the feature, but we still want to be our own unique thing. Um... The other thing is also it's uh, it's just the limitations. It's we are an animated series on uh, TV. Animated TV rather has a much you know shorter schedule and lower budget than feature. Uh, so what they can pull off and make it look amazing in CG, we can't if we were to do CG as well. However, if we switch to 2D, uh, particularly where we've really landed is hand drawn 2D animation, you can actually do a lot. Uh, it lets us uh, have more creatures per episode more unique environments we can really build out a whole world around the crew then keep doing uh, keep adding more and more to the world as we go whereas if we were a cg show on tv's timetables and limitations it would mm-hmm. mean just you have like the same six assets to kind of use over and over and over um right. then the other final thing was just in the family sitcom front um we wanted to kind of play with that legacy of 2d animation and try part of the challenge a fun challenge for our production team who actually just got nominated uh for an annie award which is the animation industries awards um was figuring out like well what's the unique vision of uh prehistory because it's obviously this flintstones and there's been other caveman cartoons and all that and we want to figure out like well what we want to actually try like how can we push it and create our own space that feels unique and mm-hmm. again doing that in 2d gave us that chance to really try to figure out like well what did the world look like when it was brand new so um a a huge part of the movie you kind of touched on this a little bit but a huge part of the movie was that um the crudes led this isolated and sheltered life and it it begins with the father determined to keep them all together and and living in a cave and they're they're basically cut off from the world um and you 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 touched on that you that they mentioned that they had uh they used to have neighbors and but you know, watching the trailer, it looks like that world has expanded considerably, and the kids are now have they now have friends, and they go to school. But I'm and I'm wondering if, within that context, since it's all what, telling one story about the same characters, is it all going to make sense once it once you're complete with your story, and is it all going to make sense for why there's such a drastic change between this as a prequel and then the movie that we know? 
Uh, I hope so. That's the goal. Um, it is part of the fun thing is one of the nice things of doing a prequel is we know where we're landing. So we know what we have to hook up to eventually and having kind of just having some fun and freedom until we get there. So it, we look at it as, okay, Grug, especially the father, probably did not start out afraid of everything in the world. There had to be the experiences in his life that brought him there. So, um, you know, he is, in our show, he's still somebody who doesn't really love change, who kind of trusts what he knows and is fearful of other stuff. But um, we're at an earlier point in their history where, it's the, you know, when the movie begins, it's literally called The End because it's the end of that era. Like, everything's about to be destroyed. So this is still when people didn't know that was coming yet. They're living together. There's more people out there. It's a hopeful time. So we look at it as this is a slightly younger, more naive version of the whole family. And, you know, yes, they're, it, we will make sure it hooks up by the end. We keep joking that uh, it's just a matter of figuring out how how dark we need to get by the end of our, our show. Obviously, we do introduce a lot of people, yeah. so um, but we have our own little solutions in our mind already of how to sidestep that while still honoring the feature and hooking back up. So we will get there. But looking at this as um, that's kind of the arc for our characters. It is on for Grug. It is him getting from being um, you know a younger person to being really afraid of the world where we meet in the movie. And on the flip side, though, it's neat. It's a it's a you know, in our version, it's a preteen girl who's just kind of taking her first steps out of the cave on her own. Uh, we sometimes joke at, you know, she's getting, she's kind of coming up with this idea of like, oh, I could rebel against my family, but I don't even know what to rebel. I'd have to invent yeah. something to rebel against. Whereas, you know, by the time we meet her in the movie, she's a full-on uh, rebellious teen. So yeah. she's growing to that. Yeah. What What's the plan for the show beyond the first season that's going to drop on December 24th? Um, it's about 13 episodes, hopefully about every six months or so will be uh, going on Netflix. And story-wise, we just want to keep exploring this town dynamic. Uh, our first 13 really is pretty much, there's no kind of greater arc. It's really just kind of an introduction to the world. It's uh, pretty much standalone episodes, that sort of thing. Since, due to how animation timelines work, we're already writing and producing subsequent sets of 13 episodes. And... It is. It does become a little bit more if we start examining some things of like family dynamics, um, letting the uh, community evolve a little bit. Like, well, if do we need to have a leader to this community, and if so, you know, it's having kind of like, should Grug be that leader, or are there other neighbors in other communities, and should we like them or be afraid of them, and things like that. Just building out the world a little bit. Cause it is nice of we have more time than a feature. So it is yeah. a case of uh, after these first 13 is really an introduction to the world and we started finding for ourselves like, oh, we love this new character or oh, we love this aspect of Grand that we had never thought about and it's now using the subsequent things to just really dive into all this a little further. Yeah. Um, the, the sequel that you mentioned, which is in development, uh, Chris Sanders and Kirk D'Amico are both back to direct. A lot of the same cast is back. Are you guys working together in terms of storytelling, or is it two, basically two separate trains running right now? Two separate trains, but with uh, two separate trains that have uh, at least you know uh, cell phones to talk to each other, because <laughs> uh, it's basically we do more us checking in, but they do as well. Uh, just making sure that we're not uh, that we are two separate trains on the different tracks that we're not at any point going to overlap. Yeah. Um, so it's just check running ideas past each other occasionally, like hey, we're thinking of this. Does that step on any toes? that sort of thing because um, it is the nice thing of being a prequel is if we were doing a sequel series then I think there'd be a lot of negotiating at least here it is pretty much like they very much have the idea of if, as long as we hook up to the feature and honor the characters they created it pretty much works 
Right. So we're big Star Wars fans here, and we read that 39 episodes of Star Detours are actually completed and sitting on the shelf. Is that true? That is 100% true. Okay. <laughs> All right. Can you can you tell us anything about that show beyond that it was set between episodes three and four, or your lips sealed? Uh, I only so much, but uh, that I can probably say. But yeah, it's um, everything that basically everything you've read has pretty much been true. I actually haven't seen too many. The only things I haven't seen, the only things I've seen rather that aren't true is I don't think there's currently any plans to do anything with it. It, it very much is on the shelf. At some point down the line, hopefully it will get released. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was. <laughs> absolute blast to work on one of uh, the best experiences i've ever had uh super fun show super fun working with george lucas and lucasfilm um it's just a case of timing really we were the last project started up by george himself and it, what the whole idea was he had seen robot chicken and family guy and all these other people do stuff with star wars and he's like uh when do i get to kind of make yeah. jokes and play with my own toys <laughs> so he brought a bunch of us up there and it was doing a show with him that would be like kind of almost like an all-ages version of the Robot Chicken Star Wars specials. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we got to work on it for a few years. We, as, as you said, we made 39 episodes, and then, unfortunately, it just hit. Um, by the time we were kind of announced and ready to go to market, happened to also be the time that they were going to change the entire direction of the company. Because um, it's not, not anybody's fault there. It's just that they had a new vision, and we made a lot of sense when they weren't making movies where it could just be, hey, let's have fun with Oregon or exists, that's that. They have a whole new vision for the company, which seems actually really cool and awesome. I'm as excited as anybody for Force Awakens. Unfortunately, our project totally doesn't make sense for their new yeah. vision. So down the line, I feel like it's, you know, people clearly, Force Awakens has proven that people are clearly have a huge appetite for Star Wars. So once I, there's kind of a, firmly established that this new regime and the new brand knows what they're doing, maybe we'll uh, finally get our day in the sun. Yeah, it's so much talent went into that show. You look at the, you know, the, the voice cast and the creators and the writers, and it just must be heartbreaking to see it just sitting there and unseen by the fans who desperately want to see it. Yeah, no, I think, and that's, again, I really do think fans especially will dig it. It was, uh, it was kind of a by fans kind of show. It was all of us with you really had a lot of love for it, so I think, uh, I think it'll play yeah. well with them. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the, the voice actors, too, were original cast members. I mean, Anthony Daniels, yeah. Billy D. Williams, Ahmed Best, they all come back and do voices. I mean, how, how did that all come together? Was it just a love for the, the story? Um, it was just, yeah, it was, I mean, partially, um, I mean, it helped that we had both George Lucas and uh, the Robot Chicken guy, Seth Green and Matt Senreich, in our right. corner, um, who already had relationships with all these guys. So it could be the case of, like, hey, do you think we can? And they'll put in the call and everybody's like yeah let's have fun <laughs> yeah so i know in addition to working in animation you're also a comic book writer so do you have anything else coming out that we can look forward to or anything that you're working on right now uh i do unfortunately it's nothing that is that it's nothing far enough along right now to mention uh that sometimes is the case um but yeah no still love love comics it's i have the good problem right now of uh animation has kept me busy enough that my comic stuff has slowed down slightly but uh i <laughs> desperately want to get back to doing more comics yeah so the cruise releases on December twenty fourth, and if we were talking about that off air, is there is there a strategical reason why why DreamWorks is putting it out on the twenty fourth? Um, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, it's DreamWorks and Netflix together came to that decision, and uh, I I defer to both of them. I'm still right. Uh, 
Netflix has been absolutely amazing to work with, but they are definitely, they have their mysterious ways. I'm fairly convinced there's a giant computer somewhere that <laughs> Netflix that uh, figures this all out and has algorithms uh, yeah. far beyond my understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I think it actually, it works nicely because again, our goal was creating a family show. Like, so it is, because DreamWorks was really freeing on this side where at other studios for animation, they'll say, hey, you know, we really just want a show for six-year-olds. We really just want it for eight-year-olds. So don't do this. Don't focus on the parents. Like, they're very specific sometimes of what you can and can't do. DreamWorks knows from their movies, their audience is everybody. Uh, You know, anyone can see a DreamWorks movie and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. So they wanted the same thing for the show. So it was getting to create a show that has, we have some really great slapsticky squash and stretch humor for your six-year-old. But then we also have some really fun bantery dialogue that'll play more to 12-year-olds and adults and stuff like that. So it's having a show that actually can appeal to everyone. So how this ties back to the release is it kind of is a fun family show that since people will have that time off around the holidays, they could actually enjoy it together. This could be something that everybody might be able to agree on. Awesome. And that's, that's amazing. We're really looking forward to it. It looks, it looks pretty great. I'm really excited to watch it. I was a big fan of the movie, so it'll be nice to return to that, that world and those characters. Um, yeah. Oh, and also we did uh, one of the things from the movie thing I want to throw out there. We also have managed to try to keep up all of the features uh, mashup animals. And we try to keep <laughs> introducing. Awesome. Uh, one of our other reasons for going 2D is this way we can introduce as many of these as we possibly can. So, uh, that's pretty much one of the fun, most fun parts of the job is just mashing up creatures for awesome design. <laughs> oh, I'll bet. I'm jealous of that. Yeah, it's a good, it must be a lot of fun for you. <laughs> going to the office yeah. and just mashing, mashing up animals. <laughs> Exactly. It's a, it's a good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brendan, I know you don't have a whole lot of time, so thank you so much for taking time today to talk to us, and uh, best of luck with everything. We're really looking forward to it, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you back when uh, Seasons 2, 3, 4 come out. Oh, yeah. No. Have, uh, anytime you want, uh, let me know. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Sure. Thank, thank you. you so much.